Hey everybody, before we jump into today's episode of the Listen In Podcast, I just wanted to remind everyone to give us a follow on Twitter, at Listen In Pod. You can interact with us there, send us mailbag questions, or shout insults at us, whatever suits your needs most. Also, if you like what you're here today, we would greatly appreciate it if you threw us a review on iTunes. It's easy, it's quick, and it uh, really helps us grow. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Listen In Podcast, episode 59. You have Sean and Jake here on the mic. Uh, we just got buried in almost a foot of snow. We did a nor'easter, and a friend of the pod, Mitch, Sean and I, just dug out our entire driveway. We did. Yeah, so, we did. We, You know what I think we realized? Two things. One, if you're from New England, you, you're Dunkin' Tough. That's right. You drink an iced coffee. Boston Strong. And you go shovel. Pat's Nation. A yacht of snow. A yacht of snow. Um, the other thing we realized is uh, it sucks to shovel that much snow. Yeah, it It's does. not very fun. Unless you're like a dad. Unless dads, oh. dads and shoveling is an endlessly hilarious combination. It is. Because... You either you have a few different things that dads do when it comes to shoveling. Either they're very into like their snowblowers and right. doing that stuff, or they don't have a snowblower and they need to just go ham on the uh, right. on the shoveling. And then they get pissed at their kids for not helping, not helping well enough, or like not going fast enough. I feel like being a teenage boy in New England, Ugh. a big part of it. At least once in your life, when you're shoveling, you have to be told to shovel and be like, this is bullshit. Oh, my. Uh, I had so many winters where this I did bullshit. that. I don't have to do this. <laughs> you do. Like, you live free here. That's right. Um, and that's always the trump card that they is. hold over your head. It's like, oh, really? Okay, you can start paying rent. Right. But no joke, we did just... Um, we're starting the pot a little later than expected because we just dug ourselves out of what was probably 15 inches of snow. It was it, up to my knees. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, so, yeah. You know, so we don't want a medal. We don't want a pat on the back. No, no. We don't need any credit. No, but you know. give us all the credit. Yeah, yeah. Don't, so just, you know, don't throw us a parade because we hate parades. Luckily, Jake, we had some... Uh we have some hot thoughts to thaw us out of uh, of the of the snow. The deep winter um, freeze. Thoughts, as in not things you think, but that hoe over there. Right. Thoughts. Hot thoughts. Hot thoughts. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a segment that we do where we talk about new music that comes out. Yeah, because I can imagine if you like are checking us out for the first time, you're like, oh, they're talking about a foot and a half of snow, and they just both said fat 15 times. <laughs> this is an actual segment where we where we, we talk, talk about, about music. new music. So uh, it seems like every week. Or almost every week so far this year, we've had a good little burst of albums come out that have been worth talking about. I feel like this didn't happen so much in 2016. Like, there'd be a, a couple weeks that would go by where there wasn't really anything we would want to be checking out. Is this because we're even more plugged in and tuned in on things that we want to listen to? Or is it that 2017 just aggregate so far has been stronger? Um, I think it's a combination. I mean, after last year, I feel like, I mean, we learned about a lot more newer artists and we explored some um, sort of genres that we were not so into at, in yeah. 2015. So in 2016, we kind of expanded our horizons a little more. But yeah, I think overall, in general, it has been a stronger start I think so. um, with more volume, yep. more interesting stuff to listen to. Um, I got to say, like, we're out of January now, actually have been for, for this is our second yeah, February yeah. podcast, um, which is great because January is a slog. But um yeah, I think like, so is February. Yeah, February is too. They might as well just be the same month. You might as well just have a 59-day month yeah. called Feb Suicide-uary. Seri <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. That's what I think you should call it. So, so far, Suicide-uary <laughs> has been pretty good um, uh, in terms of the music that's been released. Each week has been you know, pretty high volume of, of decent albums. Yeah. I, I think what is different is 2016 at this point had was it a couple great albums and this year it's mostly you, like honest, Bowie you had Bowie yeah and Pine Grove by this point was that out yet it was like probably like February 9th okay. it might so have been you like had today. two that ended up like top 10 albums of the year but less volume overall and then you had Dive and then you had like fucking right. Heinz right and so this <laughs> year we have a lot of I think good albums, fewer great albums, depending yeah. on how you're going to rate this first yeah. album we're going to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So the first one that we have is the Menzingers new album, After the Party. Um, so this is uh, one of those kind of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania-based punk-ish bands that kind of we've seen popping up all over the place. 
this is one of those genres that we got into more, and I think this was one that wouldn't have been on our radar in years past, but is right. now for sure. I'm very glad I checked this out. I'd never listened to the Menzingers before, so my Nor had I. yeah, our opinion isn't going to be all encompassing of their stuff. But with that being said, I really, really, really like what I've been hearing on After the Party. It immediately a first song on it. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try this out. It's been getting good reviews. Telling lies immediately. That song grabbed me. I was like, oh shit! Like, what are we gonna do when our twenties are over? It's like this is this is relatable, even though we're not even 25 yet. I feel like you and I kind of old souls where we are starting, we already think about that stuff. Our 20s might as well already be over. Yeah, our lives may as well already (laughs) be over because I was thinking about that today too when I was listening and I agree with everything you said so far where I would, oh, there goes a plow. Great. I wonder if Shock Jock's driving that plow. (laughs) Um, That might be the job he got when he reformed. That's a character we made up on the show, by the way, for any (laughs) new (laughs) listeners. Um, But I agree. I, I think that this album is full of really strong songs with with really interesting lyrics um, that do hit home. And yeah, I, even though I'm 24, I sort of feel like I have. I feel like I had a quarter life crisis two, three years ago. Uh, yeah, no, seriously, I did too. And like, uh, so at this point, I already feel like my 20s are over. Yeah. And I actually had kind of a nice moment today where I was listening. And I was like, oh, I relate to this guy. Yeah. I was like, well, hold on, right. take a step Should back. You? Your 20s aren't over. They're not even half over. No, no, well, they're half over. About, right. but yeah, there's a lot of you know. I, I love all the lyrics on here. He paints a really nice picture where he's you know like buying marijuana makes you feel like a criminal, right? Uh, like when your new friends take a joke too literal, stuff like that. Where it's just like you know you're starting to grow up, things are starting to change a little bit, and then the bridge kicks in on this song and it takes it to a whole nother level where it's like the. Um, I forget even how it goes. Yeah, it's point. that part where it slows down. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And I, the, the album overall, I mean, some of my favorite songs are like, I love Midwestern States. Oh, me too. Um, I love um, Lookers. Lookers, the first time I heard Lookers made me so sad. Really? It, yeah. it was just because, like, again, this is like, you've gotten a little bit older, you're looking back at a picture, and you're like, wow, I used to be like this young... Yeah. Good-looking person. Vivacious. Yeah, and now not so much. I want to say maybe House on Fire is another House on Fire Black is a really Mass. good one. I still Black some, Mass is with great. With some of them, I'm still a little off on the names. I love, uh, I, I love Charlie's Army, too. Charlie's this, Army's great. This one, I re- was reading a review about this album, and they were like, the one misfires Charlie's Army. I disagree I was like, completely. Uh, no, I don't think so. That's one of my favorites. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, the reviews on this album have been mostly positive, but I've seen a couple... Like so, Ian Cohen's review for Pitchfork yeah. was a six point five. I didn't read it, but that's not a great score. No. And I also saw one. I think the publication was the Observer. Yeah, and they the the headline was the Menzingers don't show up for after the party. There was another AV Club one where it's like Menzingers haven't sounded like have never sounded this like tired, and it, it was like a C plus review. I was like, I don't get this because then yeah. you see all these other publications that are giving it like nine out of ten, ten out of ten, like it. It started out, it had an 84 on Metacritic. It's down to an 80 now because of some of those. That's still so high, though, for an album like this. These types of albums don't usually crack the 80s for Metacritic scores. Yeah, so it's been a little polarized in some ways. And maybe that's because some of the critics who are writing negative reviews have some stock in what their old sound was. Again, I don't know what they used to sound like. Have you listened to any of their old stuff No, I haven't. Um, I want to. I want to listen to that that album. It's called On the the Impossible Past or something. Right. Um, Yeah, so I want to listen to that. But I was looking on uh, the Indie Heads Reddit, and I was just kind of looking at some of the comments. There wasn't many on this album. Right. Some people were saying, like, not it'll like nothing will top on the impossible past, but this is good. Yeah. Other people are saying no, this is their best album yet. So I, I think even among their fans, it's a little bit polarizing. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely interested to go back and check out some of their other stuff. Yeah. Because for years, or not for years, it feels like years because we've been talking about music once a week, every week for a year. But it really has only been like a year since I got into some of this scene. But I've heard a lot about them. You right. see their name come right. up all yeah, the you time. Do. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely interested to go back. And I, I got to say, I was pleasantly surprised by this album. Um, even while I was listening to it the first time, I was like, this feels like something I should like less, but I don't. I, I, couldn't, yeah. I couldn't explain it past that. There is, it's, it's one of those albums, We I think we've talked about this before, where it's so sincere, Yeah. it almost rings false. Right. It like is on that, it teeters on the brink of being yeah. like just what you want and like... 
fulfilling that emotional need that someone like Japan Droids does. Yeah. And it, it it can also get into like being a little too much. Like I think how beach slang can sometimes be. Is is Charlie's Army the one that has the lyric that goes, um, "Tell your man I ain't afraid to die yes. if love and Julie is a capital yeah, crime." I love that. I love yeah. that lyric too. Yeah, but that's an great. example of one where it yeah. could potentially be a little. So I, yeah, and I was in the car with with Brittany, big friend of the pod, big shout, driving down to Boston, pod. and I just had this on in the background, and I was like, you know what? If you've been listening to this as much as I have and aren't like all in it like I am, this song probably sounds fucking lame. What did she think of it? Oh, she didn't say anything about it. Oh, okay. But I was just like, you know how sometimes you play music that other people haven't heard? Right. And you're like, oh, I wonder what they actually think of this. What are their thoughts? What are their hot thoughts? I'm like, yeah, like Charlie's Army might be one where it's like, what the fuck is this? It's really catchy, though. It's so catchy. Um, there are points on this album where the vocalists, and I don't know their names, I think there's two it's vocalists. Like Greg and someone else Greg and someone else they sing there's one song where his voice one of them reminds me of the guy in the hotelier Christian Holden yeah. there's another song where and I don't remember which one where their voice which whichever one it is reminds me of the guy in Pup yeah. Um, so there's different, a lot of punk elements that I feel are wrap up in this so, pretty well. From what I understand, there's there's two singer and singers and songwriters here. Uh, they kind of do it together. They got kind of a punk Lennon McCartney thing going. I guess the four songs that the other guy, who I'm not, I'm not sure of who wrote who was is who. The four ones that are different though, Thickest Thieves is one. Yeah. Um, Boy Blue. Okay. I think the Bars and maybe Your Wild Years. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about your wild years, but definitely those other three. I have to say, actually, those, those, are, are, those are three of my least favorites. Yeah, they're on down here. there for me, yeah. too. I would say the same. Yeah. So there are a slew of other albums that have come out over the past week or so um, that we've been listening to, perhaps less and maybe having less of an immediate reaction to. Um, but we wanted to discuss some of those. One of them, and I think we should talk about this one first because it's gotten the most critical of, I'd yeah, say, yeah. is uh, this Sampha album, yeah. um, Process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be just honest from the jump. I've listened, I'd say, probably five times now mm-hmm. to this album. Um, and I see the talent. I can see what people are, are seeing in Sampha or Sampha. Um, and there are some songs that I like, but it's one of those albums where... I just every listen can't seem to grasp onto that many songs and really completely fall in love with any of them. I am 100% in lockstep with you on this. Best new music from Pitchfork, which yep. big yeah, big fucking surprise. Like 8.8 R&B album they're right. going to give a best new music to. Yeah. Um so I yeah, I'm the same way. I don't none of the songs really stick out. Not a one is going to go into my best songs of 2017 playlist. Um, I'm not super into. I have to have, like force myself sort of to listen, and I've listened only three times. I really don't know if I'm going to listen again, which is a bad sign when you're forcing yourself. Yeah, the, the ones, the one song that today I almost thought about putting in my list, and I was like, I'll give it one more listen to decide if I want to, is the song Reverse Faults, um, which I don't remember how it goes now, but at the moment mm, when I was listening to sign. it... No, it's not. But as I was listening to it today, I was like, oh, I like this part. But I gotta say, I I don't... I guess I just don't totally see what people are seeing in this. No, and I remember hearing this dude back on that Drake song, Too Much, that was on, I think, Nothing Was the Same, way back in 2011. Right. Uh, He's been kicking around. He's been doing features on, I think, some Beyonce stuff, maybe. Even being on, like, some Frank tracks. Definitely Drake. So I've heard this dude around. I like what he brings to those other songs. I think I like him more in small doses than I do as a full album. It just do- it doesn't hold my attention. I can see that. And it's, you know, I think um, what it comes down to for me is with R&B, um, there, I don't like admitting it, and I feel kind of guilty to say it. There's something in my brain that just kind of shuts off when mm. R&B is on. I, and it, 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 with few exceptions, like Frank Ocean, you could say, is kind of R&B. Um, but I think he has a very experimental twist on it. And another album that I listened to this week that got a de- some decent reviews is that album by Sid yeah. uh, called Finn. Yeah. Fiend. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, I listened to that. And, uh, like, I, again, there, I can see the talent. And I, I think there are some good songs on there. But it was another album where I only listened once. And I don't know if I'm going to go back I- because it's like an R&B sound. It's it, just something about those melodies that I don't know why, but they don't grip me. Uh, Jake, me maybe too. it's because you're a white kid in New Hampshire. <laughs> that might be it. Guilty, yes. 
I agree with you on that front. I feel the same way about a lot of these R&B albums. There's precious few R&B albums that I really, really love. Like some of the early weekend mixtapes are. I like those. I li- I like really really like Frank Ocean. Those are like exceptions rather than the rule. They I feel are, like they are. that those have massive crossover appeal. These feel very much like if you are an R and B person, you really like that sound. You're gonna like these albums. I saw that. I, I saw that that Sid album was getting good reviews. I was like. I know I'm not going to love it. Yeah. I'm not going to bother. And I'm glad that that was kind of reinforced by you, so now I don't have to go listen Venture to that it. Way. Yeah, yeah I gave it a shot. I gave it a shot. And again, it's like the same with... I think I like Sam for better. Yeah. but So that's even... It's, right. That's not a great sign I mean, for me. again, I only listened once. Yeah. But with both of them, I listened through and I'm like, yeah, like I see what they're doing. I see where there's talent. I see that they're good songwriters. Maybe I just don't love these kind of songs that yeah, much. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Um, so another few albums that we have here, Elbow came out with a new album and Surfer Blood came out with a new album. I want to kind of lump these two together because to me, these are two examples of bands that are at at their best. They're only like pretty good or like they're good. Um, so they both came out with albums. I think Surfer Blood, if you like them, check out this album. There's a couple good songs on here. Overall... It's not great. It's not their best. I think there's better ways to enter into the Surfer Blood world. Their first album, Astro Coast, being one of them. One of their EPs being another one, Tarot Classics. I almost just called that album Astro Lounge. Do you know whose album Smash that is? Mouth. Smash yeah. Mouth. So this isn't the place to like dive into Surfer Blood. Uh, they're not really going to get any new fans with this, I don't think. What did you think of Elbow? Because I listened once... Um, and at first I was like, well, I can kind of dig this sound. There's sort of like a proggy synth and like sort of multi-instrumental instrumental sound. Um, I got to say the album as a whole kind of bored me throughout me too. as I got that, through. Uh, me too. This is what I was going to say with Elbow. They have some good songs. To me, I don't think we're the target demographic. We're not the target market for uh, for Elbow in 2017. Or Sid or Sanfa. No, like I, I think these are kind of outside of our wheelhouse stuff. I think Menzingers is more in our wheelhouse for yeah. what is going to grab us immediately. Um, not to say that any of these are bad, and that if you like if you like these artists, I think you are going to probably like these albums. You know, I was kind of bored by that Elbow album too. I, I listened to. Their 2011 album, I think, Build a Rocket Boys, that was better than this, I thought. Yeah. Um, I really think, from what I understand, I think Elbow's core audience are just, like, older adults who are kind of into indie music, but, like, that's where they kind of gravitate to. And they're big in England, too. They're not very big here. You can tell, I mean, not that this makes them big in England, but you could actually hear the singer's uh, accent throughout, which I thought was interesting. To be honest, it just didn't grab me. I don't think I'm going to return to it. That's not to dissuade anyone who's an Elbow fan from getting into it, obviously. Um, You know what has been grabbing me, Sean? And I'm interested in your thoughts on this, because I think I like it. A little, maybe too much. <laughs> is this Foxygen album uh, yeah. Hang? Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, it hasn't really gotten that much attention. No. I think Foxygen is a band that's kind of fallen by the wayside, and yeah. I myself have never even like loved Foxygen. I really like this <laughs> album a lot. I really do. I think it's fucking awesome, and I think there's some really cool songs on it. And I just gotta give them props for going so over the top mm. with this thing mm-hmm. because the. Like, there are songs on here that sound like movie scores yeah. mixed with rock. Like they're doing a sound that is very much not in vogue right now. No, no, like no, it's no. not even close. And for that, I actually kind of applaud them. Yeah, for, and and personally, I've been really enjoying it. So the first time I listened to this album, I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." You know, I'm I don't know if I'm gonna go back and listen. When I saw that you were loving it yeah. as much, I was like, "I owe this another listen." I gotta say, I was also like taken aback at how much I enjoyed it the second time around. I was like, "There's a lot of good songs on here." Yeah, um, it feels like like he's definitely doing like a Mick Jagger kind of voice. Yeah, deal, which I like wasn't there on the last record on on their first album. Or, or, or on yeah, I listened again and it's like kind of there. He he does definitely do a Mick Jagger thing, um, and I just think their style is so interesting. They're definitely. Like, there's some references to, like, 70s music. Big time, yeah. Um, and it's just so bombastic and so over the top. I'm going to look at the track list really quick. You know what's great about it is it's only 32 minutes long. It's only 32 <laughs> so you minutes can, long. You, even if you're not loving it, and I think, actually, it's 
if this was longer, if this was like 45 minutes, I think it'd be too much. Yeah. I think the fact that it's 32 minutes and that it just does what it does and gets out yeah. is really to its credit. The song um, Trauma has I added that to my best of 2017 playlist. Um, I think I might have added on Lancashire too. America, the song, it's five. It's about five and a half minutes long. It is so over the top mm. and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is like I want to say I recommend this Foxygen album. I almost can't in good conscience, <coughs> even given how much I like it, because I just know listening to it, <laughs> it's it's, not, re- it's, not it's really not for everyone. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but. It's fun. It Give it a shot. I really like that song, Avalon. Avalon's- Avalon. It's, you know what it reminds me <laughs> of is like um, the like the shoot like that part of yeah, yeah, yeah. of that Led Zeppelin song of uh, the ocean. The ocean. Yeah. The yeah. ocean. Um, yeah. The, the, the lead singer, I think his name's Sam France, um, and the uh, other guy is Jonathan Ratto. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sam France is a an electric singer. Yeah. He like. Just the way he sings is so theatrical. You're right. It's like a. It's almost like if Mick Jagger. Well, no. It's kind of like Mick Jagger meets like Freddie Mercury because yeah. there's like some and Bowie. Yeah. I, I feel some Bowie in this because um, there's like a glam influence here too. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this is not an album I expected to be loving. Uh, but if you've liked anything Foxygen's done in the past, and again, I never listened to and Star Power, their second album, no, because I only kind of at when it came out liked. Uh, ambassadors of peace and magic. Yeah, or there's only like a few songs I like on that. I've listened to it again today, and it's good. But yeah. you, but there's really like four or five standouts. Yeah, I think I like this album better, and it's getting yeah. way less attention. Yeah, I know. Which I, I know. get. It's gotten like decent reviews, but I, I know it's got a, gotten kind of passed over for other things. Well, because in terms of what is being written about as relevant right now, um, two white dudes in a in like a duo writing music that harkens back to Bowie, like Glam and Mick Jagger. Kind of sounds like our podcast. It sort of does. <laughs> and it, it's not the most relevant. <laughs> no, it's not. But if you it's like not. that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, one more hot thought for me. I went to go see Hamilton Lighthouser in Boston last night. So we were corrected, Sean, by big friend of the pod, uh, Kelsey, about how to say Lighthouser. Is it Lighthouser? It's Lighthouser. That's okay. That's... Uh, you know what? Say whatever the fuck you want. That's right. right. Well, I, I just am saying. What he doesn't even know how to pronounce his own name. He okay. might know how to pronounce it, but I got corrected on uh, on Facebook. He, I don't know if that's actually right because last night uh-huh. he he it was it was it didn't seem as hard as Lighthouser. Really? So all right. You know who knows? Big shout to anyways. Hamilton Light, Lighthouser of Hamilton and Rostam fame. Uh, went to go see him. Lucy Doc is open, so got to see her open again. How was that? Really good again. She's awesome. She played a couple of those same new songs we heard when she opened for Car Seat Headrest. That like bluesy, really heavy one. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And they, ju- she said, we just like started recording our new album. Uh, so we might get a new album from Lucy Docus and her band this this year. From what I've heard, sounds really good, and her. Older stuff sounded just as good as it did before. So really, really good performance from her. And it was really, really interesting to see Hamilton performing uh, all, of the, all of the songs that he did with Rostam, kind of just with his backing band. Uh, I think seeing him live only reinforced how much country and like Americana influence there is on that album. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, he's up there with like a telecaster playing yeah. slide guitar and stuff. Oh, that's that's so, just twang on a guitar. Oh yeah. Like it, that's it's the twang setting. Sounded awesome. Oh, yeah, and uh you know he's up there with like a big twelve string guitar just like strumming through. Yeah. So he ended up playing the entire um I had a dream that you were mine album. Uh and then he ended up playing a three songs I think from his solo album and he picked, I think he did two of the songs that he did with Rostam on that album. So he did, like, Alexandra, he did, uh, like, I Retire or something like that, and one other one. Um, but, yeah, really, really good live. In a Blackout Live was great. Uh, yeah, a Thousand Times was great. Was great. Um, Where did you go to see him? Was at the Sinclair. Sinclair, okay. Sinclair, so I was up in the balcony. Good view of him. That dude commands the stage. He's he electric. is so cool. That dude's, like, a rock star. Without like being a typical rock star, like the confidence that that dude has up on the stage is unparalleled with anyone. Like the way that he just lets his voice rip, and and the way that he just carries himself is 
you can't look away from him. Well, with the voice he has, like you said, I mean, why wouldn't you be confident? I mean, because he can really, really sing. Yeah. And we talked about it at length um, at the end of the year on our on our end of 2016 podcast when we talked about In a Blackout, which we had as our favorite song That's of right. last year. That's right. Uh, ranked number one. And, and no small part of that was his... Like the versatility of his vocal performance in that, because it went, it goes yep. from smooth and quiet to like crooning up in the falsetto range to really powerful at full, full with his like chest voice. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I wish I could have seen that. That sounds like it was a good show. I actually almost didn't go to this, so I got these t- tickets. Brittany and I got them for Christmas for my mom. And oh, this week has just been like a. Very this month so far has just been a very like stressful, anxiety ridden week. And I during the day I was like, I don't even feel up to going. I don't want to go. Right. Um ended up doing it, felt fine enough to go, and I'm really glad I did, actually. Because yeah. I, I that if you have the opportunity to go see him on this tour, go do it. Good to know. Um so let's jump into some segments here. Uh the first segment, we're gonna return to Mount Rushmore. We're gonna head back to South Dakota, Mount Rushmore, to Mount Rushmore. To get your get your Polaroid uh, ready, your Kodaks, because we're gonna be taking some pictures uh, today. Um, our Mount Rushmore is Pearl Jam songs. This isn't out of the blue. Uh, this actually comes uh, in response to big friend of the pod, Stephen Hyden. Um, <laughs> kind of contemporaries with him. Yeah, we're sort of peers. Um, you know. He looks up to us, I yeah. think. Uh, he is the host of the... There's a mutual respect. There's definitely a mutual respect. respect, which means we bug him on Twitter. <laughs> right. um, he's the host of the successful and awesome Celebration Rock podcast. Um, and he announced that with the second season of Celebration Rock, he's going to be doing a series about Pearl Jam in their entire career. Is that pretty much... That's what it's... Yeah, yeah. That's the long and short yeah. of it. So what we thought we'd do is a Mount Rushmore of our favorite Pearl Jam songs. So full disclosure... I really only knew the hits until like yesterday because <laughs> I listened to, I did a deep dive in preparation for the Celebration Rock um, series. Uh, and so I listened to 10, which I had listened to again before. That's their, their first album with like all the hits on it that you probably know. Uh, Versus, their second album, and Vitalogy, their third album. So I've listened to all of those, or those second two, I listened to twice. Um, so I kind of have a sense for them. And so. We're going to do our Mount Rushmore of Pearl Jam sh- uh, songs. And, Sean, yours is going to be better than mine because you're a Pearl Jam fan going back. I've been a, in on the Pearl Jam train for a long time, so much so that there was a, a period in my life where I would dare to have the argument that Pearl Jam were just as good as Nirvana. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, the thing is, is like I backed off on that, but it also, depends what you like, though. At the same time, yeah. I used to be more staunch on the other side of that. What I've realized is like, like, dude, some people might like the Pearl Jam sound better. Yeah, I, I honestly think Pearl Jam doesn't get the respect that they deserve for they how get, awesome they are. I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is like when you have a, a band where Eddie Vedder is your lead singer. It's so easy to make fun of and mock. Right. Because as good as he is and as commanding as his voice is, it's very, very pronounced the way he sings, and it's very mockable. Yeah, it is. Because, like, you basically, if you do a Scott Stapp from Creed impression, oh, right. you're doing it you're better. You're doing it so it's And it's like, if you're going to even try to sing along with, with Pearl Jam, it sounds like you're making fun of yeah. Pearl Jam. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, and also, you know, live long enough to see yourself become the villain, I think, that's a little right. bit with them, where it's like, they they had ten verses in Vitalogy, all great great albums, all critically acclaimed, and fans loved them. They got a little like scared by that, kind of like Nirvana did. Yeah. Like, oh, like let's weed out some of these people. They they started to do that with like yeah. verses in Vitalogy already. They went a little darker. They with handled it, but, it a, little, a little differently. But than then did. towards the end of the '90s, with albums like No Code and and Yield, I think, and stuff like yeah. that, they like. We're like, all right, let's really try and just do whatever the fuck we want. So, have you listened to their full discography? I, I have not okay. actually. I've my frame of reference for those later albums is that uh, Rearview Mirror Greatest Hits, where yep. it pulls out like three or four songs from each of those albums, and the songs that are on there are good. They're not to the quality of the first three albums hits, but there's still some really good songs there. I, I really, I think I know that if I were to get into those albums. The songs that are I already know would just end up being the best ones on there. Right. Uh, that that if you're interested in getting into Pearl Jam, honestly, I recommend you start with that greatest hits. It yep. gives you such a good overview. It's really thorough. It's just a it's just long enough where where a lot of things aren't left off. 
um, but it's still short enough where you get everything and you can still listen to all of it. Because um, honestly, I don't think there's really any songs from Versus, Vitalogy, or Ten that I really miss on rearview mirror oh really okay yeah yeah like i get everything that i want to hear on there that's good to know yeah that's a good frame of reference so what do you put on your mount rushmore so my mount rushmore pearl jam songs i have black from 10 Mm -hmm. black is not only my favorite pearl jam song it's one of my favorite songs ever um just every time i hear it the i don't know it's sad it's great vocal performance from eddie good melodies on here the like that, that part's awesome. Yeah, it's like um, yeah, that, that's a great song. It's really, really good. So black is up there for me. Uh, my second one, immortality. This is off um, Vitalogy. This is actually, I think, loosely or maybe even more than loosely, uh, like a tribute to Kurt Cobain after he committed suicide. Um, this is the second to last song, right before "Hey Foxy, Mop Handle, Mama." Yeah, yeah, that's me. Which I read the first five times I read it as Mo Fandle. I was like, "What's a Mo Fandle?" Yeah, but it's Mop Handle. It's spelled all as one word. Um, so yeah, Immortality's up there. Better Man is yep. another one that's up there. I think this is a great Pearl Jam pop song. Also on Vitalogy. Yeah. Uh, really good melodies and hooks on there. And then I'm cheating on this one, like we sometimes do with Mount Rushmore's. I'm doing a, a combo one. So for the people who know Alive from 10, big hit, big radio staple, still gets played on classic rock, I'm putting that one up there. But if you want a slightly more deeper cut, I'm going State of Love and Trust. Which is actually, it's kind of like a B-side or like one-off single or something like that that got ended up um, being put onto Rearview Mirror and is an awesome, awesome song. I never knew until recently that Yellow Ledbetter was not on an album. It was a B-side. Yes. I I just learned that yesterday. There's a few different songs on that Pearl Jam Greatest Hits that you can't find on albums. Like, uh, it's like Man of the Hour or something is another one. I think they wrote that for... That movie Big Fish with oh, Ewan okay. McGregor. Um, it's about like a dad or something like that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they have a lot of like good one-off songs. They did like a cover of like Where Oh Where Could My Baby Be? I forget what that's oh, called. Oh Where Oh Where yeah. Could My Baby Be? That's yeah, song, that's yeah. a really good song. I, that, uh, I didn't even realize so, that was like, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like little one-off songs that aren't on albums that um, are worth checking out by them that are nice. on this greatest hit. So that's that's my Mount Rushmore. Okay, so my Mount Rushmore, I'm going with Jeremy. Uh, so the way I went with this... Jeremy Spoken Clay See, it sounds like we're just making fun it of It does. Them. You can't... If we're you're, singing along. If you're going to sing along with, with Pearl Jam, you're going to be making fun yeah. of Pearl Jam. It just comes with the territory. Um... So I picked. So the way I went with this is I picked two of my all-time favorites, and then what I did with my second two is I was like I picked two that kind of either surprised me or I really liked off the uh, the two new albums I listened to for the first time, Verses and Vitalogy. So the first two on my Mount Rushmore are Jeremy, which has always been my well for years now been my favorite Pearl Jam song. I love that song. Um, again, like the lyrics are really sad and affecting, mm-hmm. um, and it's from Ten, their first album. Uh, my second is Black because I agree with you mm. and I think it's one of their best songs mm-hmm. um, and then the ones I picked so from Verses I picked Dissident because I've heard Great this song. song on the radio Great for song. years yep. if you don't know what song Dissident is go play it you've heard it on the radio mm. before mm-hmm. it, it's, it starts with this really infectious guitar hook and um, that's a great example of one of those songs that you've heard, but you is. don't actually know yeah. who who what the band is or the name of the song. Right? Yeah, you like, probably could figure. I out I knew it's Pearl it was Jam, Pearl Jam, but, yeah. but I never knew even what he was saying. And right. like, oh, dad. I never knew like, <laughs> right. what that was. Right. I was like, he's saying something. That's just Eddie. <laughs> um, and then the one I picked off Vitalogy is Tremor Christ. Wow, which I really liked. I like. I mean, again, I've listened twice. I'm not saying right. it's my favorite right. song or it'll right. always be my favorite, but it was the one where as I listened through the. First couple of times, it was the one where I was like, oh, that's a song I really like. And so I picked it for my Mount Rushmore for now. Interesting so, pick, to so be sure. That's a, I actually, I really like that song. I can't imagine. When it. Better Man, Nothing Man, and Immortality are, are all on that album. Right, right. And I, again, Better Man, I love that song too. Yeah. But like I knew Daughters it, on there? Or is, no, that's on Daughters verses. on Versus. Yeah. And I almost picked that. But I picked Tremor Christ. If, uh, hold on. First, is there any song title that more screams grunge than Tremor Christ. Uh, you could probably find some of those like 
Nirvana album uh, from Incesticide. You could probably oh, find sure. some from there. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I went with. Um, and it's not correct because I've only just started to dive in on Pearl Jam, but it's it's what I've got. Nice. Which leads us into a brand new segment. New segment. Get your popcorn ready. Segment Terrell order. Owens, big shout, friend of the pod. Um, this segment is called Two Truths and a Lie. Mm. So this is an icebreaker game that you've probably played um, before with, like, if you've ever been, you started a new job or gone to a summer camp. Um, and it involves, so, like, usually it's played where you tell two things about yourself that are true, one that's false, people have to guess. So I could I could be like, I'm from New Hampshire, my middle name is Powers, and I was born in Wyoming. And people have to figure out what the lie is. I wonder. Wonder which one the lie is. Uh, okay, so uh, we're gonna do this in honor of the Pearl Jam thing we're doing. We're gonna do this with Pearl Jam, and since Sean knows Pearl Jam better than I do, do I did a little Wikipedia binge yesterday, and I'm gonna test his metal here. Okay, okay. With two truths and a lie about Pearl Jam, and I think we should do this about other bands. I, I love this later this on down the line. This is great. Okay, so here they are, Sean. Here's here's your three options. One, the band was originally called Mookie Blaylock after the former NBA player. Um, and the album 10 was named after Blaylock's jersey number when the band was forced to change their band name. Two, band members Eddie Vedder, Jeff Ament, and Stone Gossard were members of the band Temple of the Dog with Soundgarden vocalist Chris Cornell before forming Pearl Jam. Three, Versus was originally called Five Against One, then was going to be self-titled before they finally settled on the title Versus. So which of those three is a lie? Um, this I, I think I know this actually. Temple of the Dog one is true. That is that is definitely true. I th- or or is this going to be one of those ones where it's like, oh no, this one member wasn't in it. It might be. It's going to be. That's what it is. That one's the lie. One of the members isn't in it because I've I the five against one is definitely true. I know that as a fact. Okay. And I wanted to say I knew when you first said the Mookie Blaylock one. I was like, I've definitely heard that before. Okay. And I was like, maybe that's just an urban legend, though. That Temple of Dog one, that's what it is. Not every member was in Temple of the Dog. Okay. So what I should have done is worded that one differently, and I actually thought about that. So you're right. Technically, Eddie Vedder wasn't in the band. Right. Um, Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard were... Stone Gossard yeah. is another great 90s grunge the, band yeah. member Stone name. Gossard Temple Christ. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like the name of like a, a Tomb Raider or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I always thought, because I've... Yeah, have you heard that song Hunger Strike, right, by them? I'm going hungry. Yeah. Where a minor G. <laughs> <laughs> where it's, it's Eddie Vedder singing and Chris Cornell singing over him. Yeah. I'm going hungry. I always thought they were both in this band. Turns out, Eddie Vedder was not in the band, but knew Jeff and Stone. Yeah. And kind of got in with the group, and so he sings vocals on there. Yes. So that's the lie. Yes. That's that's just a tricky one. I I sniffed that out. You did, because I smirked. Yeah. I gave it away. Because... I mean, like you were like, that's definitely true. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's the lie. But the thing about verses is interesting because some of the early copies of verses were printed with five against one as the title. Some were printed with no title. I'm which sure. which title do you like better? Verses, verses. I think yeah. better than five against one. They almost made it a, um, a self titled. Yeah, that's interesting too. Um, I always I always think it's interesting to do the self titled later, as, not as your first album. They actually did. Make a self-titled way later. That's the avocado, the avocado album. album. Yeah. yeah, it's like the white album. For yeah, the Beatles. that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and yeah, the Mookie Blaylock thing I thought was interesting. It was really funny. Pearl Jam's definitely a better name for a band. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they, yeah, and it's true that his number was ten. Yeah. And I guess they were paying homage to him, so they called their first album ten. I had, I never knew that part until yesterday. Let's do a quick albums cover. Best, best album cover of out of theirs? the first three. Versus Vitality so 10. You, this is a little bit of bad radio because you got to Google the images if you don't know them. But so you got um, on 10, you have like all their hands. They posed that, by the way. Yes. I found out yesterday in front if of you, like a, If you, I have or had the CD or something, if you take out the booklet, it unfolds into a bigger poster and you can see them all standing and doing the hand thing together. So I always assumed that was like on stage, taken organically. They, I think they posed yeah. it. Yeah. Because they were in front of a wood cutout that I think Stone Gossard or Ament, <laughs> one of those guys, cut out and like yeah. created. Uh, so you got that one. 
um, which is pretty iconic. You got Versus, which is like a, a Jacob Ram jamming its face yeah. through a, 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 a fence. Not so subtle, I think, um, imagery for how the band felt creatively. And then Vitalogy, you have kind of like a book. Yeah, it's um, like this leather bound. I have my answer. Do you have yours? I think it's Vitalogy. Me too, it's Vitalogy. Yeah, I think it's that's very awesome. Simple. It's very cool. And actually, that one too, the texture of it is actually like a leather bound book. Do you own book. it? Uh, no, but I have seen copies. I think yeah. I came across a. I don't know if all copies are like this or if it was just some. I don't know, but I, I think I remember like being in the library or something because I used to go and get CDs from the library right. and put them onto my iPod. That's right. I think I remember it being like a textured. Yeah, I remember that album being in my dad's like old. Remember when you used to have Case Logic yes, CD cases? Yes. He had Vitalogy, um, and I'm pretty sure I saw the CD like the case itself. And it's cool because it was actually like a like a book. Yeah, and um, I guess it annoyed like record stores when it came yeah, out. Yeah, it's like bulky. And it's annoying to deal with, <laughs> but that's my favorite cover. And I think next would be ten. Yeah, then ten. I think Versus is kind of yeah, the ver- teeth on that if, that sheep like, annoy me. Comfortable. Yeah, they annoy me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so that's Mount Rushmore. If you're into, oh Pearl no, that's Jam, not Mount Rushmore. Show. Oh, that's two truths and a lie. That's two truths and a lie. I think we Mount should. Rushmore. I think we should run that back. That's a fun game. <clears throat> I like that too. Yeah. All right, so like maybe that. you get one ready for, yeah, okay. for next. We time, can do that for another. We day. can do that. Uh, so we'll wrap up this week's episode uh, with recommendation of the week. I'm gonna say, Jake, these are the two most boring recommendations of the week that we could possibly have. Here's what I'll say about that. I was think I, I had that thought earlier today. Here's my my two-pronged defense. One, it's our recommendation of the week. We get to pick whatever yeah, we that's want. True. Two, it's at the end of the episode. That's so true. if you know you got your Menzingers fix, yeah. you got your Pearl Jam fix if that's what brought you here. And you know, you got all the other more relevant stuff. Now we're gonna have a little bit of fun ourselves. You know, we're gonna make recommendations that yeah. they, they're not exactly These aren't the funnest uh, no, recommendations. They're not. But there are recommendations. But they're they they Serve their purpose, I think. So what what's they, your recommendation? My recommendation is the album Waltz for Debbie by the Bill Evans trio. <laughs> Even that name is <laughs> Waltz for Debbie. Waltz for Debbie. I gotta tell you, Bill Evans has been crushing it for yeah, me lately. Yeah. Uh jazz pianist. Um I went for a quick walk before the Super Bowl on Sunday to go buy marinara sauce. Fun fact, CVS does not carry marinara mm. sauce, so my trip was in vain. But no, it wasn't, because I got to listen to some of this album. It's beautiful. Um, his piano style, um, I mean, I don't know a lot about technical piano or whatever, but I just know that I really enjoy the way he plays and the way the trio... Like, if you like the Charlie Brown Christmas album, yeah, the Vince Guaraldi trio, I think, probably... Tried a lot to emulate what Bill Evans yeah, and his trio yeah. were doing. Um, so, little jazz for you. Sorry if uh, if you're asleep or if you turn the podcast <laughs> off, but that's my uh, that's my recommendation. And if you're not already, you will be after this. That's my right. recommendation of the week is an ambient album by Brian Eno, considered one of the greatest ambient artists, and this is considered one of the greatest ambient albums of all time. Revolutionary. It's literally called Ambient One slash Music for Airports. Um, have you listened to this? I love this album. It's so good. I love this album, and I th- I don't remember if I've listened to all. Of it. So there's like ambient one, ambient two, ambient three, ambient four. I've listened to like some combination of those. Yeah. I I don't remember because they like again. It's literally ambient music, so it's hard to remember which one's which. This takes ambient music. You you like haven't listened to ambient music until you've listened to ambient one it's because beautiful. I think people. Say that ambient music's boring or there's not a lot to it. I've I listened to this album I think like three times in a row at work yesterday just because I was like, I'm stressed out. I need to listen to something that doesn't have words, and this is just making me feel better. It's great to like do homework to yeah. or do um, like work work. Yeah, to. if you're reading or need to focus on anything, throw this on, and it's like it, it's going to keep your focus on what you're doing but it's also not just complete background noise you'll be like "Ooh, this like little piano here is nice so ambient one music for airports is my recommendation of the week um maybe maybe next recommendation of the week we'll have something a little more exciting so i'm looking back right now um at my Eno listening over the past two years just to verify that I in fact have listened to this and I have it, it was in my discovered albums from 2015 mm-hmm. along with Before and After Science Here Come the Warm Jets Taking Tiger Mountain which I wrote wrong so I yeah I did kind of a Brian Eno deep dive that year I forgot about that yeah. but yeah that, that album's great also um, worth listening to is um, Apollo 
Okay, yeah. That's another ambient album nice, of his. It's nice. really good. Yeah, I've been getting way more into uh, the ambient stuff lately. I always used to think it really wasn't for me, but I'm finding in the right context. Oh, my God. It's great. It's perfect. Um, I listened to Nepenthe by uh, Juliana, Barwick. Juliana Barwick again the other day. I think it was on Sunday before the Super Bowl, actually, and I was like, fuck, this album's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that one's a little bit more. That's actually a good gateway drug ambient album because it's it's got at least some like the wordless vocals yeah, for the most part, yeah. but it still has the structure of a song you would typically listen to, but right. in the context of of ambient. So that might be Juliana Barwick. I think is a good one to kind of dive in with, although. You know, recommendation of the week, Ambient One. You can't really go wrong with that either. No, it's fantastic. So here's what we did on this episode, Sean. I'm just gonna give <laughs> okay, you gonna okay. round round it up. Yeah. We we rocked everyone awake with the Menzingers. Yep. We got everyone going, ready to go. Yep. Um and then we talked Pearl Jam, went a little back and kept things going. Yep. Now we're lulling everybody to sleep. That's right. We're putting everybody to bed. That's we right. kinda did a song cycle. Uh, yeah, I in, think in podcast sense. form. Yeah, we did a quick Eddie Vedder impression too. We do sit down. There you go. All right, a, a more abbreviated episode this week. I think that's that's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, we'll be back next week. Maybe what we do, we have a couple ideas on tap for you. More of just more than just kind of talking about new music that's coming out. We have uh, some fun ideas, so maybe we'll start to. Integrate those the next we few do. weeks. And also, if you have segment ideas, hit us up on the DM on Twitter at yeah. Listening Pod. Or, or, or mailbag questions. Mailbag questions, too. Keep those are coming. Great. They're awesome. Yep. All right. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Okay, we're on the mic. Okay. Um, and the first thing I want to say is give a big shout to friend of the pod, Hunter, who has the radio show, I think, W is it WGUR Alt Hour? That's him. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. that's who tweeted at me, cool. I assume. And we were tweeting a little bit on Sunday about um, the uh, Pats Falcons Super Bowl, and Hunter's from Georgia. Oh, I'm so sorry. So that... Oh, no. That is uh, rough. Oof. That... And on it, like, we were just talking before we got on this hot mic. Um, that has to be just the worst. And I have no... I have no... I've harbored no ill will against Georgia fans <laughs> no, or Atlanta no, fans. No, Falcons are fine. Like, I... Honestly, when I watch some of the sound effects that NFL Films put out... There was so much dramatic irony when I saw like Matt Ryan like yeah I know yeah! Yeah. I'm like dude you, like, don't like, you don't know what's like you don't know what's coming and they're like Sanu being like you don't want no part of this Logan you yeah. want no part of this Logan it's like dude if only you knew uh, I mean what a game that was though it was it, I still can't believe it um, feels good to be a Pats fan thank God we're Pats fans Jake I thank God every day um, but yeah it it's crazy that. We're so spoiled by this and really don't deserve it. Like, no. we just say we've always get it our way with this. Show. We do. Except Unless we're playing the times. Giants. So right. we've had our share of, of defeats. If you're playing a team that's an animal as their mascot or logo, yeah. like the Panthers, Eagles, Rams, <laughs> Forget about Seahawks, it. or Falcons. The Patri- and you know what? That's actually in keeping with a ranking I once made with friend of the pod, Kevin, ranking all of the... Who would actually beat who. who yeah, yeah. And, and the rankings held sway. Because yeah. the Giants and Titans, we determined are tops. Yes. Yeah, that you makes a lot of Titans, sense. Titans, we put at one. Yeah. And then Giants. And then we said it was like... Um, the humans that have guns or yeah. weapons, so the, the Patriots, the, the Cowboys, Raiders. the Raiders, um, and then it's like humans that are just like working men, so it's like Steelers and Packers are right. probably next. Vikings. Actually, no, this is what we said. Vikings are in the weapons category, right. so we did like those humans with weapons, armed humans, then like big cats. Yes. They're Bengals next. Bengals and Panthers. Because they're yeah. going to beat an unarmed. The Lions. They're going to beat an unarmed That's human. a great point. So that's, then next is where you put the Packers, Steelers, and them. And then basically it's birds of prey and then birds. Yeah. So like the Cardinals are like at the bottom of the bunch. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's really the whole thing. There's really, uh, the only things we had a tough time. How about the Colts? The Right. So they're like under the Broncos. Like those are, <laughs> right. those are domesticated animals. So you got to <laughs> right. think those go. The Dolphins. Those go, I would, so the Dolphins Ooh, are real You low. know what's a, actually. Charger is tough. Jets 
could beat yeah. anyone. If you have like missiles, you're you're killing a giant. Depends what kind of jet you are. Yeah, I don't think you can kill a titan. A jet, a titan could throw a jet. Yeah, if, but a, a giant, you could just just gi- slam into it. So the New York teams, a la two towers, right? Twin towers, yeah. Two towers is a Lord of the Rings film. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good save. Featuring um, and and Jake, do you know what um those two towers are referencing? It's the it's the Minas to- Tirith. Wrong. It's the Tower of, of Isengard, where Saruman's uh, lair is, and the Tower of Barad-dûr in, uh, in Mordor. Of course, of so, course. Little fun fact for all you listeners out there. Really quick, the ones we had the hardest time ranking were the Chargers, because we don't really know what they are. Lightning bolts. Right. So that's tough. That's because yeah. the thing is, if you're lightning bolt, you can beat anyone, but your accuracy is shoddy at best. Yeah. You're gonna have true. to hit first time. That's true. So I think lightning. It's kind of you can't like defeat lightning either though. You can't defeat it, but once it hits the ground, it's not going to defeat you. Yeah, but you could get another one. That that was where we were challenged. The other one was um, uh, I'm going to forget. It was like another sort of intangible. Oh no, it wasn't. It was the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's really what even are they? Right, they're not Buffalo. No, they're not. They're are they cowboys? It's yeah, I think so. I think that's another human one. Yeah. So, so t- tweet at us at Listen and Pod yeah. with your with your rankings of NFL team or uh, basketball, anything. The any magic, sp- the ma- yeah, Okay, the no wonder they just win. Yeah, the thunder. The thunder would lose to every. Well, you can't beat thunder, but thunder's just a sound. Right. Yeah. You can't really beat it or lose to it. No, you can't. It can scare you if you're a kid. That's true. Like get get you hiding under your covers, but yeah. there's no team that's like the Nevada little kids. <laughs> There's no team called that, so I don't know what Thunder's going to be. <laughs> or, like, dogs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quickly, before we start, Beard Watch 2017 is yeah, over. it I is shaved. over. I noticed. Um, I actually forgot what I looked like. I, I kind of like it. Um, Sans being, beard? Being back down. I'll, yep. I'll grow one back, but it was good to go back down. I noticed you didn't do the complete shave. You just did the buzz yes, down. Yes, I did. I did, yeah. I thought it'd stumble. be a little drastic if I went complete. Just complete. complete shave. Yeah. yeah. Um... The thing I notice whenever I get rid of what facial hair I do have when I grow it out is like my fa- I see it on you. Your face is so much more slender than you thought. Yes, it it's is. like really yep. it like sucks your face way yep. in. When I looked at myself in the mirror, I was like, "Your face looks different. It looks yeah. weird." Yours was getting long too, so like to, to cut it, it must have been a lot coming off. It um it, it took a long time actually. When did you do it? I did it Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah. Pat's just a. Sort of a yeah. playoff beard. Yeah, yeah. And longer. You could say that. And I did. And I did. Okay. So let's... Um, you ready? Yeah, what do you say we jump in? Okay. All right. Ready? Lots to talk about. Three, two, one. 